This episode of the Smoke Pit brought to you by the Nut Ruck by Arbor Arms. A tactical fanny pack for your nuts and your butts. Check them out at arborarms.com. Tell them the Smoke Pit sent you. Wah, 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 wah. Also check out combathomeover.com. Pomades and beard oils for your face and your hair. Use our discount code SMOKEPIT to save yourself some money at combathomeover.com. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. What is up, though? So thank you all so much for joining us again for another fantastic episode of Ya Boys. That's uh, that's very ambitious of you to assume this episode will be fantastic. <laughs> and so myself, Daniel Sharp, AJ Pfeffer, we are two grizzled, old, saggy, bald Marine Corps infantry vets. Speak for yourself. I am a young infantry vet. You know, uh, which, oh. which I'm so glad that you brought that up because this is actually an interesting point. Why I prepare the strike force to put in my beer discount code smoke pit to save money yes i have had a lot of people uh, ask me about the elections and i try to keep things fairly apolitical just because uh, i don't feel that uh, a difference in beliefs or politics is uh, you know a reason to separate yourself from a friend to paraphrase uh, president jefferson raw but people have been like yeah man you should think about running for president and i'm just like unlike aj I'm not old enough. You know, it's a, it's what, like a year and three quarters? It's two years and ten days? It's not that big of a difference. I'm just saying that you know, being president is not a young man's game. And I'm so, saying by the time we have a new president or we have another, we have the president for a second term, however that works out, there's like, we're going to have that party and then like three days later you're going to be like old as shit, <laughs> i.e. old enough to be president. Yeah, so we um we've 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 put some thought into that, and yeah, we decided that uh, we we're gonna try to keep things apolitical, but we will encourage you to go out there and vote. Uh, a bit of separate news from that, uh, Smoke Pit alumni uh, Tim Kennedy, uh, Green Beret sniper, TV host, top ranked MMA fighter, author, generally sexy individual who was on the Smoke Pit, so you can go listen to that episode. One step away from looking like a Russian gangster, <laughs> he uh. He actually uh, put a tweet out there saying that he was chilling with Joe Rogan and, you know, their friends from you know, UFC and various things and that uh, Joe Rogan offered to host a debate between the two candidates. And uh, the president actually retweeted that and said that he'd be down. So I just like how how would that debate without, you know, without alienating any of our listeners and their political beliefs? Like, how do you think that debate would would pan out? Like, do you think Joe Rogan would just be like, all right, first question, have you done DMT? I think that my whole shtick on the podcast is alienating listeners and talking about my religious beliefs or I'm sorry, political beliefs. Like there's a difference. Um, No, but seriously, like one of the things I love about church and state Alexander, one of the things I love about Joe Rogan is the show they used to have where he would meet up with wackadoos and be like, tell me all about what you believe about the government hiding aliens and Bigfoot (laughs) in the same facility. And And then. Yeah. Yeah, he would listen to everything they said. He would treat them fairly and he'd be like, Look, I'm not here to make fun. I legitimately want to know everything you think. And then he would like try to investigate that belief as if it was his own. So I feel like that is the ideal person that you put in front of President Trump and uh and the former vice president Biden and be like, Okay, you're both in your seventies. Let's see how this is going to shake out. Like, he'd be polite yeah. and fair to both. Yeah, but I also think that he doesn't take any bullshit. So um, I, I think that would be interesting. Uh, one of my favorite things about uh, Joe Rogan was that 
he literally had a show where he'd be like, hey, Jennifer, what are you afraid of? Like, what are your fears? And he's like, oh, and Jennifer's like, oh, man, I'm really claustrophobic and I hate snakes. And he's like, guess what, bitch? Get in this coffin if you want to win this money. Guess what? (laughs) It's filled with snakes, you bow-legged bitch. I mean, that's that's fair. Like, if you if you made me confront my greatest fear, but you told me there was yeah. like a million dollars at the end of that pit, I'd be like, yes, I will sit with this therapist and talk about my issues of abandonment. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, there was a show called uh, Fear Factor, and he was the host, and I always loved his sign-off line, whether the condes- uh, contestant won or lost. He'd always, like, if they won, he'd be like, obviously, fear is not a factor for you. But if they did lose, he'd be like, obviously, fear is a factor for you. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good show. And then uh, I think it was uh, one of the theme parks. I don't, I don't want to get sued by saying the wrong one. But they actually had a uh, fear factor experience, like a live show, where they had, like, a pseudo Joe Rogan would call people out of the audience. And they would do, like, little mock fear things, like, hey, like, here's this, you know, uh, you know, giant bullfrog or, you know, like they're going to harness somebody and you'd have to like climb across the thing. And so basically like you're just there like a middle-aged dad and your new balances with your grass stains on it from cutting the lawn, you know, just hard work and salt of the earth, man, you know, and I feel attacked. Somebody would just be like, Hey, get up here and perform in front of all these strangers. You want to win the affection of your children? Here's your chance. Yeah. But then you got dads like me that will be like, okay, okay. And then I get up there and do something ridiculous. I'll probably fail at it, but I'll look good failing at it. Yeah, so I, I think that that would probably be an interesting debate. Um, I just want to throw this out there. I am also available to moderate a debate, and not necessarily the presidential debate, but like say you have a dispute with your neighbor about you know the magnolias or you know a coworker about you know who needs to refill the the coffee pot. I will be happy to moderate your debate for a small fee. I think it's I th- that's fair. I, I would say that whenever whenever one of us has relationship issues, we go to the other one. A- admittedly, more me to Dan than the other way around. But I w- I I have not been very uh, what should we say as reflective in the last few years as I should have been. What with my busy life, but I will say it happens. It happens. But I will say that if you have a, if you have a relationship problem or if you have like issues with this other lance corporal that you're you're beefing with. Just call us up and be like, yo, man, moderate this debate. Yeah, just shoot us a DM. You know what, Alexander? That is a great idea. We uh, we were discussing earlier. We have like uh, like two episodes left in the season. Yeah, about that. So I, I want to make the announcement. There there will be a season four. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of time off like we do in between seasons, and we just make an arbitrary number of how many episodes we're going to do because you know it is a weekly commitment having to edit the episodes and you know bang out time to record and stuff like that, but... There will be a season four, and we were uh, bouncing ideas around, and I think you just came up with an excellent one. What if we just did one of those episodes as just like a call-in episode? We just got like a handful of you know diehard listeners be like, all right, this is your time. We're going to bring you on for like 10 minutes, tell your craziest story, ask us whatever questions, and have like an entire episode just like those interviews just like uh, edited together. What do you think? I'm 100% about it. Absolutely. Fucking love it. I think- there's two there's two good things here. One is that there's only so many war stories any one particular person has. And out of three seasons, I think we've told about maybe 50% each. Yeah, that's fair. Right. So I think before we, you know, we want a season five and a season six. So we need to save some of that juice for later. <laughs> right. You can't, you can't. It's a marathon, not a sprint, gentlemen. We got to fucking get in there. Yeah, we've done like 70 some odd episodes at a certain point in time. Like, did I ever tell you about? And like AJ and I will do this. Like, we'll go on like a. Uh, a road trip or you know like a long drive to an event 
and uh, one of us will bring something up, and the other's like, "Yeah, yeah, y- y- you told me about that." <laughs> I'm, like six I'm well times. aware. <laughs> I, apparently, I'm famous for repeating stories, but that's because I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a natural born storyteller, and I like to. I and like you're to entertain. enthusiastic. I am enthusiastic. I like to tell a story, and sometimes I forget who I told stories to. And I bring that up to say that um, uh, we recently took a, about an hour long drive up to Washington D.C. for an event, but we'll, we'll get into that later in in the uh, the episode. So stick around. But what else? do you have as far as ideas like so that should be one of the two episodes what do you think we should do for like the season finale Ooh, that's a lot of pressure man season finale season finale for season three like and rounding it out um he nodded his head up and down yes for the court record um let's see season three finale all right well here's the thing we have a big space in between so i think we should do a longer than normal episode or maybe like a two-parter uh however we have to do that that's a technical issue as to what we can upload yeah, because um, the uh, most podcasts only allow uh, so much to be downloaded over a wireless network. Otherwise, you have to be connected to Wi-Fi, and we don't want you to guys to be like, oh, sweet, a new episode, and then it's just like insufficient data or connect to Wi-Fi. Like, we want you to have the smoke pit when you need it, you know? Right. And uh, you can, for those of you who are listening, if you can't have your phone on you, do do remember that you can download this on your smartwatch. That's something I used to do is I yep. download it on my smartwatch so I can listen to it when I was driving my armored vehicle in countries unknown. Um, <laughs> soft flex. But I think maybe, let's see, season finale. We should go back over old episodes, Yeah, I think, and pick out the stuff that we said we were going to talk about and haven't yet. Oh, boy. And I mean, even stuff that's like like time dependent, we'll go back and review some of the stuff we've looked at Yeah, and just kind of get, get, get a view of what we've done so far. And that way we can cover anything we've missed and then move clean into season four, just coming out the gate strong. Yeah, that makes sense. I um, I also think like maybe a, a little bit of a behind the curtains episode where we uh, we take some uh, some just random questions, not necessarily from a call in. And we just like post it out there like um, most of you guys don't know that uh, one of AJ's favorite food is uh, hot dogs. And when we were in Iceland, they had uh, hot dog vendors outside the bars at last call. Bro, Iceland loves their hot dogs. Like, they have a whole culture. Like, in America, when they kick you out of the bar, you got to hope McDonald's is open. Taco Bell. Or Taco Bell. And then you can, like, squint one eye well enough to drive your drunk ass through. And we're... Don't drink and drive. I was about to say, we are not endorsing breaking the law do not drink and drive have a designated driver but yeah we all know that some of you are going to do it anyway please don't though please don't because we we value you as listeners and if you die a your family will be sad b we will be sad and c our listenership will go down by one and we need the subscriptions look we're not perfect but at least we're honest with you guys (laughs) that's the key i've season three for me has been a transformation in which i have i have many times said honesty is important yes and so um (laughs) the the funny thing about hot dogs is that you're not exactly sure um what are in them i'm 100 percent sure what's in them yeah either you get the the high speed expensive kosher ones yeah which are exactly like your beef chicken or pork and uh if they're not exactly if they're not the high speed expensive ones you get like the five dollar like mega pack yeah it's squirrel lips and weasel knees yeah we actually um found out recently that a uh, a local restaurant that uh would do like macaroni or chili on top of their hot dogs 
their hot dogs are actually made out of various nipples, and that would explain why AJ likes them so much. I don't even care that you're making a nipple joke right now, <laughs> because I think I know what restaurant you're talking about. They yeah. have like 15 specialty hot dogs on their menu. Yeah. That's not even their thing, right? Like, they don't have a thing that is specialty hot dogs, but there there is 11 specialty hot dogs in the menu, yeah. and they have a special where you can pick any two that you want. So good. For like 11 bucks. And they bring you out, like there's one that's like the- Dank hot dogs. They bring you the Philly cheesesteak hot dog is a hot dog covered in Philly cheesesteak and cheese, and it's fucking amazing. It, it is delicious. So uh, if you haven't had a, uh, a nipple hot dog, correct yourself. Little known fact about me is I am actually kind of a phenom for mac and cheese. If I go to a restaurant and I've never been there before and there's mac and cheese on the menu and it seems to be like different than- you know, like craft or whatever, probably like a 70% chance that's what I'm going to order at least the first time I go there. Absolutely, 100%. There um, there was a place in uh, Norfolk that did artisan grilled cheese sandwiches, and my favorite one from there was their mac and cheese grilled cheese sandwich, and it was divine. It was like a lap dance in your mouth. Like, I, will, I will tell you, I remember the grilled cheese sandwich was good because we went there one time. I remember that. But I will say that as much as they're a grilled cheese sandwich place on their, uh, what was it, the the starter menu, they had uh, fried pickles with Cajun, like a Cajun dip. And they did fried pickles different than other people do. Most people do like- Slices. Slices. And they did like, they took like a giant ass dill pickle, cut it in four uh, spears- and they deep fried it like they did their own shit, and it was fucking great. I'm not I'm not generally a huge fan of pickles, but I I, I would enjoy a serving or a portion or two of theirs. Yeah, so there I think there there there's a lot of random things that we could uh, that we could bring up because one of the challenges of the smoke pit is trying not to turn into like an AFN style show. You know, <laughs> any of you who have uh, been deployed or maybe, you know, spent some time in military uh, facilities like the uh, the Arms Forces Network is basically like the little um, pro bono TV network that they have. And they usually air like inside Ramstein's haunted tunnels or like, you know, random shows or like this safety PSA. Don't drink the water. It'll give you cancer. But the I would have to say my I, it was a love hate relationship with with AFM because generally uh, it's like imagine the three kids that got bullied for being in AV class in high school they joined the Air Force and now they're like hey you're in charge of this network <laughs> so it's just like the the commercials were like you remember like whatever your favorite Super Bowl commercial was it was just like a poorly done parody of that but instead of being about Doritos or you know whatever it, you know it was it was about Take your malaria pill, <laughs> bro. You know, and I have a. I also have a love hate relationship with AFN, and I think my my thing is here, and I've experienced it. Not this is not a flex at all. This is misery, but I will say that I have watched more AFN than I think anybody else that I know, and it hasn't. Nobody watches AFN like me. Nobody, <laughs> Gina. Um, there's an eight hour cycle. So if you're on, say, for example, a 12-hour emergency response shift, yeah, like you're going to come in halfway through the eight-hour cycle and then four hours into your shift, you're watching the same shit on repeat. So it's good if you're like, oh, fuck, I got to go on patrol, but I wanted to watch the end of this fucking episode of uh, Australian Customs. I, there was a, there's a, like a reality show about Australian yeah. Customs, and we always watch that. And we had an Australian medic on the team, 
And we'd always be like, haha, your fucking country's wackadoodle. What the hell? Yeah, it'd be like, uh, oh, you might. We, uh, we confiscated this uh, koala testosterone, but. Uh, Bro, the shit they would come out with. <laughs> they had like Chinese people stealing like these specific bird nests because the birds use some kind of like they had some enzyme in their spit when they made it that they could like boil down into drugs or something. And it became an aphrodisiac. Right? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then you had like some some white dude from like in like California coming in there with like eighty bottles of pills and six ninja stars and a taser and he's like, What bro? I thought it was cool. But like, what airport have you ever been to? It was like, yeah, ninja stars and tasers. Good to go. Let's do that. Well, I mean, to be fair, it is Australia, so like, I mean, how are you gonna make it from the airport to your taxi without at least six ninja stars to fend off the ruse and the drop bears? You know, I was gonna say drop bears too. <laughs> uh, the, the drop bears are a problem, but usually, you know, if you have a good contact in advance, they'll have somebody. They'll they'll call Paul Hogan for you. And they'll make sure he's at the airport to uh, assist you into your vehicle. Yeah, I saw a picture that is just like, is Australia even real? And it was like two snakes like fighting to the death on a beach while like a dingo was eating the remains of a shark. And it was just like fucking wild, man. Bro, like when we got to Australia, we, we showed up. It's like Wednesday. It's like fucking seven in the morning. Yeah. We're, we're leaving the airport and we took a, we took a cab and we took a cab with like an older lady from a country whose English wasn't great. Yeah. And she had the biggest longboard. A fucking surfboard, dude. Like, straight up integrity. Guys, I, I took a selfie of this. The first picture I took of us in Australia, like, was us in this fucking taxi and, like, this giant-ass fucking surfboard, like, like catty-cornered through it, sticking out the back so that way it could fit. And it's, like, right up against my neck. And I'm like, he's going to take a fucking turn. We're going to roll, and this thing's going to break my fucking neck. Bro, we were both in the same spot. Like, she's in the front seat because we're being gentlemen, and the car's not that big. And then there's, so there's Dan and I. It's 7 o'clock. We just took a 22-fucking-hour flight from San Diego or San Francisco or wherever the hell. And so we're both just bushed. And there's this giant... No pun intended. Right? And so, like, it wasn't... Like, she it was a good surfboard, right? It was yeah. It was a nice one, and she had it in this, like, silver kind of uh what is it insulated yeah, kind of carrying case right yeah. it was like in a, in a wrap so dan and i were sitting there smushed up against our respective windows like with this silver shit in our necks being like this is some final destination shit yo no joke like um uh i i recently saw someone's story on instagram where they were like behind a truck that had a bunch of shit strapped out and they're like no nah, this is some final destination shit so she changed lanes and right after she did that the fucking uh, the strap broke and a fucking like um like dresser came flying out of the back of the fucking truck and landed right where her fucking windshield would have been. Bro, I, I honestly thought you were talking about there's just one I saw where it's like the dude drives up behind the logging truck and he's like, nah, fuck this. And he changes lanes and he's like, I just realized I'm old enough to remember Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're old enough to remember the movie uh Get Smart, there there was like a car chase and uh, Steve Carell and his uh, CIA or whatever, uh, Three Little Agency boss, they crash. And I guess uh, Steve Carell had some fucking epiphany in like the case. Like, oh my God, like the dots connect. He's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And the boss is like, I don't know. And they pan over to him and there's this giant fucking like uh, taxidermy swordfish that had been like jettisoned through the window. And like the, the point of the bill fucking was like inches away from his forehead. He was like, were you thinking, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. I almost got impaled in the face by a swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's control. He worked for control. There it is. 
and the the uh, the enemy agency was chaos. Yeah. I remember that from watching not the Steve Carell version, which was admittedly hilarious, but like the the Nick at Night version. That's how old I am. I'm giving you a free a free pass to beat on me for being old. The Nick at Night version from like the 60s used to come on on Nickelodeon, but like after hours. Yeah, and so I I will um, respectfully pass on the uh, the ability to make fun of you for that because I would like to make fun of you for the fact that those are the name of your individual old saggy testicles, chaos and control. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Well, chaos is also the bad guy and uh, or the the evil entity yep. in uh, what is it? Uh, Star Trek Discovery yeah. season two. So no, con- no, control is. Yeah, control is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Controls the bad guy. I'm sorry if that's what you said. I'm just really yeah. laughing at myself, thinking about which one hangs lower. Uh, that's the thing because they are both chaos and control. Yeah, the same. <laughs> Ying and yang. You would think one would hang lower, just out of gravity or you know whatever, but no, they're about the same same distance from the ground. Yeah. So if you want AJ to prove which one of his ball, uh, balls uh, hang lower, then uh, enter into a long term committed monogamous relationship, and you'll find out with exclusivity because <laughs> he's not that way anymore. Sorry, ladies. Nope. I'm a I am a one woman man. <laughs> Uses helicoptering his balls off a fucking overpass in Russia two years ago, but look at him now. You know what, helicopter, see, you're going two different directions here, right? One, you don't get to fucking say that unless you put the link to your b-hole on your bio <laughs> like we discussed with, with Garrett when we talked to him earlier. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Garrett Jones, a uh, friend of the show and a pretty prolific writer and a good, uh, a funny guy. Yeah, we were, we were just on his podcast, Veteran State of Mind. Right, so we were talking to him and, uh, and we discussed the fact that Dan needs to put a link to pictures of his b-hole in his uh, Instagram bio, and if he doesn't, then he's letting us all down. Yeah, and uh, it was mainly just as kind of like a way to uh, validate my political opinions, because like if you're not willing to share your beehole with uh, all prospective debatees, then like what what you know what skin do you really have in the political game? You know, that's fair. I don't want to see President Trump or Vice former Vice President Biden's beeholes, but I think the fact that neither of them has produced those, yeah, uh, is a negative mark on both. I'm not gonna lie, man. If like somebody like I get a text message ping or like a, an Instagram or Facebook message ping, and it's like two images, and then the follow up message is just like, "Hey, dude, like you know the candidate's butthole pictures got leaked." I'm probably gonna look. I I'm not. I'm 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 not. I'm gonna be happy with the idea that they were leaked because you know again. <laughs> You can't trust somebody whose b-hole you haven't looked at. That I mean, that is fair, but then I also have a diversion to, like, leaked photos. Like, I always kind of find that, like, distasteful. Like, you're on Instagram and a page is like, uh, Belle Defiend's leaked photos in my bio. And I'm like, dude, like, if she put them on OnlyFans or, like, she published and she made money off of it and is consensual, that was one thing. But, like, I just, I just don't feel right looking at leaked pictures. You know, like, that, I feel like I wouldn't want pictures of me to get leaked. Because as like a, a violation of privacy, so it's just kind of like just like as a moral objection, I I don't want to look at like other people's leaked pictures. If that makes sense, most of the time I hundred percent agree with you. Like we we all remember, or we all should remember, in twenty fourteen there was what was referred to by the internet as the fappening, and this was like all of the iPhone or iCloud or whatever the hell pictures of all these celebrities and all their dirty sex pics got released. Yeah, and so like as. You know, like a, a younger man, like you might think like, oh, yeah, I really think that celebrity is hot. And so like you may think of this as like a win. But then when you get older 
and you know you start to reflect about like you know what if i had a you know uh, a wife or a daughter or my grandma you know and like her fucking pictures got leaked like how would i feel about that you know so like i i kind of feel like um my uh my moral compass really kind of reset itself in in that regard if that makes sense and see for me it wasn't even that like it's it's one of those things where if you're if, say a porn star and you put yourself on the internet you made that choice that was a choice you decided to make and if you did sexy pics for a person that you were in a relationship with, that's not for public distribution. Like I am very yeah. big on the idea that, you know, no matter how a relationship ends or whatever, like if someone sends you nudes or videos, yeah, like the best way to get more nudes and videos is to be the kind of person who never releases it ever. No, that that is a fair point because like there were things that were like said or, you know, uh, given in confidence and I feel like whether it's like a friendship or a relationship that ends like there should be a level of trust it shouldn't be like as soon as you kind of like have a falling out with somebody they shouldn't like especially before you have a falling out they shouldn't just be like oh hey you know well this person said this and this person said this and you know they start gossiping about you behind your back and it's just like well really bro like or you know sis whatever the case is like I, you know, like those things were said in confidence. Do you want me to go around telling everybody that you ever shit talked about what you said? No. So it's like, why, why would, why would you do that to me? Like, why are people going to do the things that they criticize other people for? If, like, if that makes sense, you know? No, I, I'm a hundred percent with that. And so my, my thing is anybody who's ever sent me nudes or anybody who's sent me videos, like that shit will go to my grave. Like I, I will never, yeah, or delete it like afterwards, you know, like, well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I have recently deleted everything I have, uh, ever had in a hard drive. I think there's, yeah. there's one hard drive in, to be fair, because we're trying, I'm trying to be this, do this honest thing. There's one hard drive that I have that I can't get into and it's an old, uh, like combat hard drive from overseas. And I think there's some overseas shit on there. Yeah. I also think there's like probably some old like nudie pics on there. But I'll burn that motherfucker before I let somebody get to it. Yeah, that's that's fair, man. And so we uh we we have been fully forthright and honest the fact that we're not perfect here in the smoke pit. Nobody is. Uh, so all all we can try to do is just be a, a better version of ourselves. I will say though, I have seen a large portion of the pictures from the fappening, and the reason I looked is because there was a blogger, and the blogger came out and she did what some bloggers do. And dramatically overreacted to the people who had nothing to do with it and were just aware of it. And I'm not going to repeat what she said because we try to stay away from certain words uh, that may trigger people. But su suffice to say, she made it seem like if you looked at those pictures that you basically committed a hate crime or a war crime. And I was like, OK, now I'm morally obligated to look just because you're being a twat. And well, I, I mean, looked like, and I, then I, I deleted like, them. I feel like if I if I was in an emotionally uh, compromised uh, moment, like there might be some shit that I that I say in like the 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 heat of anger, you know. Which I I think the that's kind of what's the the motherfucking thing about social media is is that say like you get pissed off and you put something out there and then you know it gets taken out of context and it's like that's there forever. Like those screenshots fucking you know float around. And it's like it's it's kind of not fair because you're expected to grow as an individual. You know, you're not supposed to be the same person you are today that you were a year ago. And you're not going to be the same person a year from now that you are today because growth and anything that's not growing is dead. And so I think that like to, you know, hold people to exactly who they were you know, before whatever transformation or whatever they went through in their life. Like, yeah, that, that seems a bit unfair. And um, I kind of got away from. Uh, firebombing people like in the beginning stages of social media I started the Facebook page 
like five years ago and it'd be like oh look at this you know person they said fuck the troops and I you know like I'd I'd post that because it angered me but then as I, as I got older I was just like I don't I don't want to get into like the whole like he said she said gossip thing so much you know there are are some things that you will talk about if it's like in the spirit of debate or like you want to get somebody's opinion on it but like the idea of trying just like if your entire existence is just to look for things to be triggered about like that's it kind of seems like a sad way to live. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I understand if you're going to comment, any comment section on anything is going to be just full of people who have negative shit to say because they have nothing better to do with their time. We recently posted an article uh, that I wrote about Benghazi, and it was around the September 11th uh, anniversary. It was on September 11th, and I did not make a political stance. I did not state an opinion. I simply stated, these are the events... Yeah, it was like a timeline. Yeah, it was a timeline. I said these are the events that occurred that we are aware of as we are aware of them. And by the by the way, it it was it was a great article because there's a lot of things that I I didn't know about. Like um, I initially didn't know that it wasn't the embassy that got attacked; it was a a mission consulate. And I didn't know that like the fighting and the casualties actually like took place in multiple locations. Right, and so there's all this stuff that. You know, and and I work in a field where we reference Benghazi constantly. Like it's a big part of the 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 mission that we do, is to kind of prepare people for events that might occur like that. And so, even working in that field, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know until I started doing research for this article, and I started reading the commission report and all this other stuff, the Benghazi Accountability Review Board. Yeah, and we we posted the article, and uh, I haven't looked at it since because I like to not. I, I live in the now, right? Never look back, darling. Um, but spaceships don't have rear view mirrors, baby girl. Exactly right. So, uh, I didn't look, but I did get, uh, texted a comment, like a screenshot of one of the comments. This guy comes in there and writes this like essay long paragraph in the comment section about, oh, well, Obama did this and Obama did that. And I don't know if it was pro or, uh, or con for the former president, but it was just like, bro, nobody was talking about any of that. Like, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah, and then I, I like I responded to it and I was like, well, one of these allegations I, I would like to know more about. Can you can you you know um, list your source? And then it was some like fucking conspiracy theory blog, and it's like, okay, dude, like I'll, I'll give people the benefit of the doubt because if I don't know something, I don't know it. So like I I would prefer to be in the right. Like I don't want to just you know assume that I'm right about everything because you know I saw um, one one aspect of the situation. Like I'm I'm open to to new ideas, but then when I vetted it, it was just. It just was incredible. And that's a, another thing that is very difficult about social media is that people will send you like like um, like actions or like things that I take action on, like um, suspects or like activities or whatever. They're like, yeah, this dude's a piece of shit. And like, you need to post about this. And I'm like, well, if, if I if I post about that, a lot of people are going to take this stance. So like I, I kind of have a responsibility to like look into it. And there's been a lot of times where like, like, well, if you don't post this and you support the pedos and stuff like that, and it's like, dude, well. I, I read this article and the dude in question got arrested a year ago. It's not like an act of manhunt. Like, like chill the fuck out, you know? Yeah, and that's one of those things. Like, um, it's there's been study after study that's shown that eyewitness, or not eyewitness accounts, but like uh, tip lines for police investigations. You may every once in a while get a good tip, but for the most part, you just get, you know, somebody who lives in his mom's basement being like, I saw a vehicle on the corner the other day and it made me feel uncomfortable. And it's like, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Yeah. Like I, um, I, uh, posted something on my Twitter. It was like some of the, 
the uh, the, the ridiculous things that nine one one dispatchers have received phone calls for, and it uh it it, it <laughs> I'm actually gonna pull that up. So would you mind would you mind uh, riffing a little bit until I get that? Yeah, I'll vamp for you there, buddy. Um, it, it's one of those things where if you have something constructive to add to the conversation, and and this is something that I've I've looked at a lot in the last couple of years, especially because I, I happen to be a a fan of the legal process. My older sister is a uh, assistant assistant district attorney for the city of New Orleans. All right, I got it. All right, well, let me finish the thought and then I'll let you get to it. But it, there's a question that comes up when they when they review evidence and whether or not they can put evidence in, in, in court. And they say, is it more probative than it is punitive? Right? Yeah. Does it have probative value? When you're making a comment on the internet, is this comment something that's going to add to the conversation, add to the value of what's being said or what's being displayed? Or is it just you being a prick? Yeah, so uh, some of the real reasons that people have called 911 and uh, sometimes when I make uh, uh, <laughs> statements online that are too too good to be true, I'll, I'll try to post my source so that way people don't be like, oh, where'd you get this? Like, It's right there in the comments so you can verify it yourself. But um, frogs being too loud, raccoons <laughs> in the backyard, Burger King won't honor a coupon. Clams were too small at a restaurant. Their Wi-Fi was down, and they were out of cheese. I, you know, I feel like them being out of cheese is a reason to call nine one one. No, I, 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 I kind of heard it when I said it out loud. I was just like, damn, there's, there's been some times where like I might be fucking stoned out of my mind. I'm like, oh, I really want some cheese. Like, who can solve this? I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, back in the 90s, they had powdered toast, man. <laughs> and if you didn't have toast, that motherfucker would show up ass first and just be like, you know, powdered toast, man. And he'd shake his ass. And then there you go. You got toast. Dude, I don't, what is what is coming out of his ass that he's powdering toast with? Bro, I don't even know. It's red and stimpy. 90% of that <laughs> shit. Like, like as a child, it's funny. And when you're an adult and you're high, it's funny. I would I would assume I've I haven't been able to touch that stuff in a while. So I um I uh I did a bit, a bit more research into it and I uh, talked to some people that were um you know in that field and like just like the ridiculous shit that they get um you know calls for and like you know there's a lot of been a lot of discussion about you know uh, budgets for police departments and like what should be their priority but at the end of the day there are millions of phone calls placed to nine one one every year. And the number has only gone up. And now, granted, technology and you know does have um ha- have a piece to do with this. But it's just like you have to send somebody out in certain places if they call nine one one. Like an officer has to respond to a call in certain places. So like like the one person said, uh, he had to dispatch a cop to a McDonald's because the person was mad the fryer was broken and he couldn't get his chicken nuggets. Again, I'm not going to say that's not a reason to be upset. <laughs> On the other hand, police officers have a lot of important things to do with their time. Yeah. And maybe just having a reasonable discussion with the person behind the counter who's making seven twenty-five an hour. Or your neighbor. Or your neighbor. Or your, you call Dan. Call Dan and tell Dan, <laughs> you know, my nuggets were not available to me. I'd be like, that sucks, bro. And you'd be like, I know. Right. We'll commiserate about the nuggets, maybe go to the range, shoot off a couple shotgun shells, make everybody feel better about the lack of nuggets. I get that. Like I I door dashed or grubbed hubbed or whatever the hell it was, uh, one of the one of those apps, uh, some Burger King a couple weeks ago, and I ordered my food and they said, Hey, we got spicy nuggets. And I was like, ha ha. 
That's what I'm talking about. Bring me some spicy nuggets. And they forgot my spicy nuggets. Oh, that fucking sucks, man. I was about to get back in my truck. Like, the whole point of ordering it was I had a work call coming and I couldn't yeah. leave the house. But I was like, I will drop this work call, drive my ass to Burger King, and put a weapon through the wall, through the freaking drive through <laughs> I'd be like, give me my spicy nuggets. And then I realized I'm an American and we don't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> law-abiding citizens. Exactly. Law-abiding citizens. Don't threaten the teenager working at the counter with a firearm that is illegal and immoral yeah and so i um i i i I can't imagine what it would be like because like whether you're a dispatcher or whether you're a first responder you know like a paramedic or a firefighter included you know like it's kind of like being in the military there's just some times where you you've just dealt with so much bullshit and then that it's just like, of course, of course, why wouldn't I have to fucking drive halfway across the fucking city to this location and then write a whole ass report about how somebody called 911 because the fucking fryer was down, which is actually really funny considering like when he said McDonald's, like I was like, it's going to be the ice cream machine. It's going to be the ice cream machine. But no, it was the fryer. Well, I mean, that's why people are upset. If it's the ice cream machine, they'd be like, OK, well, par for the course. Um, I actually had a friend of mine that was a cop uh, many, many, many years ago, back in uh, 1863. <laughs> uh, you know, he had just got done with L- Lincoln's protective detail, and he said that he got a call. Was it? So he got a call from dispatch, right? So he goes code three, which is lights and sirens, uh, in the area we were at. Code three, lights and sirens. He's buzzing his way through these red lights. He gets like two blocks. And he gets a call saying, hey, false alarm. Don't worry about it. There's another another officer on site that said it wasn't a big deal. So he goes from code three back to, you know, turns his lights and sirens off. And he's like, all right, well, no call. Cool. Not, not a big deal. So he says, fuck it. I haven't had breakfast yet. He turns into a McDonald's to get breakfast. Right. Which he, they're allowed to do that. He got like 16 civilian complaints because people wow. saw him and was like, Oh, this cop's abusing his power in order to get him McDonald's faster and not have to go through, not, not have to stop at red lights. Be like, no, like take a second and think and remember that these people have a lot of work they have to do that is very kinetic. And sometimes kinetic means you don't get to get into a fight. Yeah. I, but, you know, as we are ever uh, paragons of uh, calling out hypocrisy, there have been times where I've, uh, I've, I've seen like an ambulance come up behind me. And, you know, it's a red light and there's traffic and the lights come on and, you know, they go through it and they take a turn into like an off road. And that just happened to be the way I was going anyways. And then they turn their lights off and I'm sitting behind this motherfucker at the next red light. And it's just like, really, really, (laughs) really? You made me do that fucking awkward thing where like I had to fucking pull halfway off the road. Like I'm worried about if there's fucking heroin needles are going to puncture my tire and shit, you know, like. And just because you didn't want to fucking sit in that red light, like I, I I've seen it. So like we're we're not gonna say that everybody in the first responder community is perfect because I've seen that shit. But for but for the most part, far and away though, you know, it's just regular people just trying to live their lives, trying to do trying to do their job, go home to their family. You know. Yeah. Do remember that on every ambulance, there's a paramedic and an EMT. And the EMT is usually the one driving the thing because he can't do shit except administer five, was it uh, five medications? One of which is oxygen, right? Yeah, but like beyond that, though, like you you also have to remember that there's um, government funded ambulances and then there's private organization ambulances. That's true, and they're labeled as such. Yeah, and so like, um, which I mean, I I I completely under uh, understand that. Like, not everything should be government run. Obviously, like that kind of defeats the whole concept of capitalism so if you're 
um, um, an industrious individual and you decide that, hey, you know, the response time in this area for ambulance sucks, so I'm going to go on fucking, you know, whatever uh, car sales website. I'm going to buy a couple use, uh, secondhand ones, refurbish them, start my own company, got my own little fucking Ghostbusters garage going on, and we get accredited. And so, like, those individuals are not supposed to, like, drive over the speed limit. But however, if you work for a government agency, like you have a little bit more, depending on the region, you have a little bit more authority to go over the speed limit. But even with so, like uh, I know military police are not supposed to go more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit just for safety considerations, which does not stop them from doing 50 over because you were doing one mile over on base. I will also say that um, it's an interesting thing is the fact that mm, there's a large number of states where there is no re- legal requirement for you to pull over to get out of the way, but everybody does it anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Like that's not, that's not necessarily a thing. Like when I went through EMT course, they specifically stated, they're like, look, people will get out of the way of the ambulance, but that's not a law. So if they don't, you just gonna have to deal with it. Which is, which is kind of crazy because, um, Recently, we uh, we had something very unfortunate happen out in Los Angeles County. There were uh, two uh, deputies that were in their uh, in their cruiser, and uh, they're just minding their own business. And some fucking parasite comes walking up and just empties out half a magazine into the cruiser and runs away. And uh, one of the officers, she was a single mom. I think she'd been on the force for uh, a handful of years. She was she was a bit of a veteran. And the other guy, uh, he, he was relatively new to the force. I think he was within his first or second year. And they took multiple rounds. And so they got out of the vehicle. Like, she had been shot in the face and, like, in the arm and, like, uh, I think in the chest, too. And her partner had been hit multiple times. Like, she applied a tourniquet and, like, provided security. And, like, there's pictures of this shit, too. And it's fucking devastating to watch because, like, again, like, her kid was at home just waiting for mom to come home and take, you know, bring him a Happy Meal. And so here she is, like all fucked up and like she's providing her own fucking security and you know waiting for a responding units to show up and it's like that's fucking terrible and then what's worse is that when they were bringing them to the hospital to go into surgery there was actually uh, a protest in front of the emergency room and now i i don't want to be you know somebody who just you know um you know, uh, fear mongers and stuff like that. So to be fair, it was five individuals, uh, and they were removed by police and they got the, the officers into surgery and they survived and they're stable right now. So, uh, you know, our, our, our prayers and, and our love are with them, you know, hope that they make a full recovery. But the, the idea is like, if I am that personnel that's trying to get my patient into surgery, right? Like I got them stabilized. They're in my fucking care and I'm trying to get them to the next echelon of care. And I don't care if it's one person or if it's five people, if there is somebody preventing me from getting my patient to the next echelon of care, instant like, hands, I'm going to go fucking ballistic. Like I'm going to lose my fucking mind. And it's just like, you have to remember out there that there are uh, agencies and police departments. And I, I won't say anything specifically because you know, there is a level of confidentiality with being a journalist, but there are people out there that they have like the unofficial like uh, order that they have to pull 50, uh, 50, 50 security. Like say they're, they're parked somewhere or they're on their downtime or, you know, they're on their fucking bathroom break or coffee break, like lunch break. Like at least if there's two of them, at least one of them has to be like on security, which sucks because like the idea that if you're serving in America and you have to take such a protective posture just because somebody hates you for the, the, the values that you stand for. And now that's not to say that, you know, we aren't aware of the fact that there are places out there that need reform in their police department, but by God, like, can you imagine 
just being a single mom and a police officer and you're minding your own business and you get shot like four or five times just for existing like that's and that's why i hate people out there that say like you know women shouldn't be in the military or whatever it's like yeah granted i know that it's um a calling process that there are men who can't hack it there's women who can't hack it but like i would let her have my six anytime because she proved herself you know there's one there's a police officer in i want, I want to say it's probably in new york but I, I don't know that for sure but she was off duty going to her going to her apartment and a guy comes up behind her and basically blew a hole through her chest like straight up pulled the weapon out. Holy fuck! Shot her, shot her with this. I, I'm pretty sure it was a saw, shot off, sawed off shotgun. I'll have to look back and check. But shoots her, basically blows a hole in her chest, and she had enough time and uh, personal discipline. She pulled her weapon out of her purse, took this motherfucker out before she collapsed. Like that is whole, That's fucking hard. That's hard. As you fuck. got shot in the fucking heart. And you're like, I may be going out, but you're coming with me, motherfucker. Yeah, that was like when they, uh, a few years ago, when that knockout game trend was going around where, um, you know, troubled youths would go around just like trying to one hit or quitter people and run away. And so like this young guy, he came up on this older lady and he hit her as hard as he could. And like she stumbled back and as she was going down, she like reached in her purse, pulled out a revolver, plugged him and fucking he ended up dying and she lived. And it's like, was it worth it, bro? Were the, were, were the likes on the gram worth that? Was it worth your life, you know? Yeah, be... I just... You have to remember that, like, yes, you are free to do most things in this country. However, you are not free to do things that bring bodily harm to other people. You will suffer repercussions. Like, whether... You may get away with it a few times, but there are people out there, particularly, like, in, in uh, military-heavy areas that are armed. So, like, if you... And if you kind of have that like inclination, there are people out there that think that that's okay. And like, that sucks because like, I, I'm fully uh, uh, supportive of the second amendment, but I, I, I'm not carrying a pistol because I think the government's going to come and oppress me. I'm carrying a pistol because there's a crackhead at fucking the gas station that you might try to fucking shake me while my back is turned, you know? Yeah. I hear a lot of that, the, the second amendment arguments that come through and, and I'm not making a value judgment about the second amendment, but I've seen a lot of the second amendment uh, uh, defense be like, oh well, I gotta have a gun so I can defend myself against a tyrannical government. Really, I'm really? not saying that that's not a thing, but I'm just saying for my personal values, why I carry a pistol, it's not because I think fucking Big Brother is gonna come over and say that I can't lick buttholes and send me to jail. I I'm doing it because there's people out there that are in such a shitty position in their life where either financially or morally they feel entitled to what you have. That's my point. Is I agree with that argument a lot more than I agree with you being able to fight off the 101st Airborne with your garage full of guns. <laughs> it's yeah, it it is a bit wild. So we will say to everybody out there, please stay safe. Uh, keep your head on a swivel. Like right now, our crazy times is bad enough with uh, the pandemic going on, and. Hopefully there's there's a resolution to that sooner than later because brother man I fucking miss traveling, I really do. I I've got to get out of this country. Like I love my country, but I, I like to love it because I see other countries and then come <laughs> back and be like, let me tell you guys about this shit that we saw. Yeah, man. So uh, good stuff and bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what else do we have for our audience today? Um, yeah. Okay. Good call. Good call. We said we we're gonna get into this. Uh, so for those of you who have hung in long enough for our rants. Uh, we have long been talking about the issue of burn pits and toxic exposure to our uh, our service members and our contractors. And so we uh, recently, I think that was what, uh, two days ago? 
Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was uh, Monday, wasn't it? No, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. So it was yesterday. Yesterday. Holy fuck! That's that's <laughs> the life you live, man. You got too much excitement. Yeah. So yesterday we we drove up to DC, and and that's that's what kind of kicked off the uh, the idea of me uh, being like AJ. I've heard that story, <laughs> but we we drove all the way up there, <laughs> and uh, we um were with Burn Pit 360 who uh, held a press conference and you may have heard of them or uh, Hunter 7 or you know a few of the other organizations that are you know fighting the good fight but uh, John Stewart from The Daily Show um, was there and he spoke Senator Gillibrand was there Congressman Ruiz was there and uh, we you know we don't want this to be a political thing but it's just like you know, we, we have to stop being, being blind allegiance to a party and pay more attention to what people's voter records are who is helping the veteran community? Like, item to my knowledge, neither of those, uh, the senator or the congressman I just listed, no, neither of them were veterans. And granted, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, um, who is currently in the National Guard, I believe she's a major, she, you know, she vocalized support for that and, um, you know, and other things as far as like the Vanessa Guillen Act. And, you know, she vocalized support for it. But there are a fair amount of veterans on the Hill that haven't done shit for us as far as like, you know, uh, legislation that are specifically targeted to help veterans. The only thing I'm going to be respectful here is the fact that John Fields, who was a, he's a decorated FDNY, uh, fire department, uh, firefighter, uh, who was, um, there for nine 11. He's been fighting for the nine 11 first responders and he's now fighting for this, uh, along with John Stewart. Um, if, if him with his Brooklyn accent can keep himself in check, I will try to do the same. However, the thing that pisses me off more than a lot of things piss me off. But as soon as the press conference started and, and John Stewart got up there and he said a lot of very powerful stuff. And then the family members got up and they started telling the stories of their family members that they lost and what they had gone through. And, uh, and some soldiers that had actually gone through some stuff and were still around, but had medical problems. They got up to telling their stories. And as at the same time, this started, we're at the steps of the Capitol building and 50 to 60 currently sitting senators and congressmen decided to step out onto the stairs, ignore that we existed, and then go off on some political, uh, like fucking campaign nonsensical bullshit where they just talked about nothing for like 20 to 30 minutes with like a bullhorn so like or with like megaphone like speakers and shit so that way it was like drowning out our press conference yes and it was that it wasn't just that that was pissing me off but dan and i are standing there and we're listening to the people at the podium where we are speak about these very powerful stories they had to tell yeah like exposure to like radioactive material and exposure to burn pit toxicity or their uh, their family members coming home and you know dying shortly afterwards exactly and all this very powerful shit and at the same time you've got congressman dickhead i'm not going to name names because we're not supposed to do that but they got congressman dickhead over here on on his podium and dan and i are sitting there we looked at each other and i forget who said it but one of us was like hey man how how long you think it's going to be before he mentions the fact that he's a veteran or just talk about veterans. You and know? Ta- or talk about veterans, yeah, right? Yeah, veteran health care and shit like that. And, and sure enough, man. Sure as shit, as soon as, the spe- as soon as the sentence was out of our mouths, they were like, yeah, I was a Navy veteran for X period of time doing X period of work. And I'm like, if you were a fucking veteran, why are you over there instead of being over here? Yeah, they they were talking about you know the um you know the importance of our military and stuff like that. And we're maybe 150 yards away. Uh, with our press conference, with our own congressmen and senators supporting us, 
And then what tripped me out is after they broke, they, they kind of walked by us. Like, I mean, within 20 or 30 yards and we have signage out and if fucking John Stewart's there, you know, like it's, it's a thing, there's cameras and like, you know, we're, we're right up there in front with, um, you know, grunt style and, and all them. And, uh, Tim Jensen, well, one of the, uh, the co-owners of grunt style, he, um, he recently, uh, lost, uh, one, one of the guys he deployed with to this shit. And so it's a very like deep and personal issue for him. And like, so some of these politicians were walking by and they looked over and he was just like, are you going to come over and talk to us? Like you see us here. And then he's like, they ignored him and kept walking. And so Tim Jensen from Grunstall, like, and there's video of this shit. So you, you can watch it. But like, he went fucking ballistic. He yelled at like fucking 50 members of Congress and he called them cowards. Oh yeah. And he uh, said, you fucking coward. Get over here and fucking talk to me. Yeah. And he's like, like, you see us here. And so like, he's, he's going the fuck off. And then uh, John Fields was like, I'll punch a member of Congress. <laughs> and like everybody was like, oh, chill. Bro, that was my favorite. He and th- This guy, he is like, He's oh. like, he is so Brooklyn that it's like it's like the stereotype came to life and popped out of a magazine. Yeah, like salt of the earth, dude, fucking straight up, you know, like hero for everything that he's done since that day and, and afterwards. And he's got he's got no fucks to give for some stupid political bullshit. He's just like, these people need to be taken care of. It needs to happen now. And he says, I will straight punch a member of Congress in the fucking mouth, and I do not care. And he says this standing next to literally a sitting senator and a sitting congressman. And they were like... No, John Stewart. Yeah, John Stewart's like, oh, we're not doing that. He's like, no, I'll totally do that. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh, the the Feel Good Foundation, spelt F E A L, uh, like his last name. Uh, go go check them out. He's definitely a a very passionate individual. And so, like the idea that they they were out there just kind of grandstanding. Like I get like politics. You have to you know fucking rile up the fucking donors. Like I I I, I get that. But like the fact that they just walked right by us and like they're moments ago talking about the importance of veterans and our military. But then given an opportunity to do something uh, meaningful or impactful, like they, they just walk right by us. So like I, I fully support the idea of like don't give your blind allegiance to somebody or some party just because that's what your parents told you. That's because what your friends do. And like I get it. There are going to be things that you're passionate about. There are topics out there that mean a lot to you. And I'm not saying that you should abandon those principles. I'm just saying that we should hold the people that were elected to do right by us accountable. And if they're not doing their job, then there's going to come a point in time here soon where we need to get all of our collective contact spheres together and we need to blow up phones. We need to send emails. We need to send letters. We need to hold protests. Like I think 2013 during uh, sequester, they shut down all the war memorials and a bunch of veterans were like, no, fuck that. And like Grunstyle put a call out to arms and something like 10,000 veterans from all over the country showed up and they took the fucking barriers that were blocking off the war memorials, carried it to the fucking White House and threw it over the fence into the lawn of the White House. 10,000 fucking veterans showed up and they're like, no, these fucking memorials should be open for the people who earned them. And we're not going to tolerate the fact that your incompetence led to another sequester, a fucking shutdown. And we're not going to tolerate the fact that since you couldn't fucking govern your literal one job, you're denying our aging veterans the opportunity. Because, like, imagine that. Like, you're a 17-year-old fucking kid, and you go off to Okinawa, you take one in the fucking shoulder, or you fucking serve in the Battle of Bulge, you jump over Normandy, and, like, you set up a fucking veterans trip. 
and, or whatever, and like you travel all the way from fucking Wisconsin or fucking Baton Rouge, and when you get to D.C., they're like, yeah, sorry, the memorials are closed. Can you imagine that? The part that pisses me off is what the fuck are they closing? Like, it's a memorial. Like, I, I've been there dozens of times, and I've never seen, like, a government employee hanging out. Usually the people that are there are volunteers. Yeah, a thousand percent. And then, like, uh, additionally to that, like, it's not like the cops that were there providing, you know, safety and security were just not there. There was the same amount of security personnel for the the capital region because, of course, like, you know, the, the people who make the rules, like, they want their protection. Plus, they, they just enforced this. They were like, oh, we're going to shut down the, the, the memorials. And then they had to have cops on there on hand to make sure that it happened. So you're telling me you've got now more cops and more federal employees working to close this than you would have to just left it open. And so whether it's, you know, toxic exposure or, you know, the, the Vanessa Guillen Act or, you know, um, half a dozen other things that we have on the fucking docket, like there will be a point in time where we need to call on all of you and all of your friends to be able to put your voice out there. And I, I understand that, you know, we all have shit going on and, you know, sometimes uh, things slip your mind or, you know, if it's not directly in front of you, it may not be as easy to remember, but like, come on, if, if we're all going to fucking put our, you know, our, our little fucking service picture, boot camp picture for veterans day on our social media, if we're going to ask for that free meal on if you fucking do those 22 pushups. Yeah. If you do those 22 pushups or if you could put that bumper sticker on your car, like, like sending an email to your congressman or calling your senator's office, a handful of times like I I think it's our responsibility to try to leave this community better for the next generation who's going to serve because next time you know you're out and about and you know you see on your Facebook or Instagram one of your buddies just had a kid like there's probably a good chance that some of them are going to join the military some of your kids are going to join the military some of your siblings are going to join the military and you know the idea that them stepping into the same fuckery that we fucking got into like it, it kind of hurts to think about whether it's, you know, all the people who are going missing from Fort Hood, all the people who, you know, get sexually assaulted in their career, men and women, all the people who were, you know, given cancer, but then denied their fucking benefits and compensation by the same government who exposed them to that. It's just like the uh, John Stewart said it the best. He's like, there's always money for the war, but there's never money for the war fighter. The thing that gets me about it, too, is Jon Stewart is a comedian, right? That's his, that's his part and parcel, his fucking bread and butter. And straight off the bat, he said it's not about politics, it's about money. They're going to say, oh, well, you know, we can't do it because the other party this or the president that. And it's not about that. It's about the money. Where can we find the money from? And this guy, you know, I, 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 I thought he was hysterical back in the day. I think he's funny now. But, like... The, the, the man is brilliant, and he came up with five things off the top. He said, I got four things off the top of my head that I can immediately find the money. He goes, take 5% off the Overseas Contingency Operation Fund that we that we that that's attached to the DOD budget. 5%, bam, we've got the money. Yeah, when he, we have the F-35s yep. that have cost us trillions of dollars for not nearly what the fuck we were supposed to receive for that money, he goes, just build 500 less planes that we can't use anyway for whatever reason, and bam, you've got more than the fuck enough money. And uh, what what really scared some of the people in some of our earlier meetings onto the on onto the hill uh, was the fact that he suggested a war profiteering tax. So if you're one of these big companies that are making you know millions and billions of dollars off of war profiteering, uh, you know putting a tax on that to be in order to 
pay for the health issues that these companies created. Since we're on the subject, I'd also like to point out that before we went up there, we were talking about the Zadroga Act, uh, which is the nine. It's essentially the 9/11's First Responders Act. It's uh, part of the legislation that John Stewart and John Fields got passed that takes care of the medical benefits necessary to take care of our 9/11 first responders and all their various problems. Um, recently, money has been being taken out of that fund by the federal government, by the Treasury, uh, and they took. Four, well, I think it was like $4 million. And then when they asked about it, they said, oh, well, New York City owed us a debt and we just take it out of wherever to pay off that debt. But the debt New York City owed was $1.9 million. So they took almost twice as much money back in return. And then specifically, they, you know, it, it wasn't from uh, government uh, like elective official pensions. It wasn't from fucking slush funds. It wasn't from anything like that. They took it from, so, so let me get this right. They took it from the health care set aside for the 9-11 heroes? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Not only am I not fucking kidding you, but we got to the we got to the, the press conference, right? And I watched. I didn't know that Jon Stewart hadn't been told, right? Like, he's got a lot of shit going on in his plate. You know, this is a story that doesn't get a lot of national press coverage. Yeah, because why would it, right? Because, of course, right? Fuck it. But at some point, someone was standing there in the press scrum, and this was before we even started the actual press conference, and he's just standing there just bullshitting with people because he's cool as hell. Like, this this dude showed up to a press conference, and he brought, like, food and donuts and coffee for everybody just because he's a good dude. And he shows up, and, he, and someone says, hey, you know, Mr. Stewart, are you aware that this happened? And the look on his face... Like he is a he is a, a smaller kind of guy, at least compared to me and Dan. Like he's a smaller, uh, older guy, and he's really nice. He's super cool with everybody he meets. That is the first time I think I've ever seen a look in his face where he would legitimately stab somebody given the chance. Like he was pissed, and it just like the man, I, I I can't comprehend why some of this shit would happen. But the the long and short of it is is that we we need you guys. Um, Beyond just telling jokes about our dicks and, you know, cream pieing random whores, like it's, you know, we we have a responsibility to not only um, entertain but and educate but inform. And it's just like if you guys didn't know that that was happening, well, now you do. If you didn't know that there was uh, legislation being pushed out there because you're being denied your benefits, now you do. And if you didn't know that you know there was a uh, coalition of veterans who literally go up to the fucking hill and walk into congressman's office and say why the fuck aren't you doing this now you do and once we get to the point in time i just i as a personal favor if you've ever laughed at anything we've ever said if you've ever sent any of my memes to some girl you're trying to cream pie if you've ever enjoyed anything that i've ever put out i want to call that favor in that when the time comes we need your support, and all it can take is just an email or a phone call, or fuck, if you're in the area, just grab your little fucking mask and come show up. Yeah, absolutely. Not not only just to D.C., which is a good choice, but, like, I mean, there's there's so many things you can do, and it doesn't take a lot of effort, doesn't take a lot of energy. Because legitimately, we went into a congressman's office back in, like, January, and one of the staffers was just like, well... We haven't had anybody in our district complain about this, so we're just going to go ahead and wait for the bill to come out. And it's just like, bro, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, This is the kind of stupid shit that's going on up there. Like, These motherfuckers are so removed from reality, 
And you notice neither one of us has mentioned anything about party affiliation. Like it's not even about partisan politics anymore. It's about politics and generally and these people having their heads so firmly shoved up their own asses that they don't even understand. Like there's a hundred members. I'm using a general rounded number, but there's about a hundred members of Congress that are veterans that are have served active duty. Some of them have actual reserve or whatever. And some of some some of them have like legitimate like no shit wounds. Like I forget Uh, Senator Duckworth. Thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Senator Duckworth lost both of her legs. And she still goes up there every day and tries to fight for veterans' rights. And so at this point, if if we don't see 100 or whatever the number is, but if we don't see 100 names on the this, this, this toxic exposure build immediately, like, yeah, we're 100% for it. And then encouraging all of their fellow members to be like, you need to be for this or you need to get the fuck out of office because you're not taking care of the people that you swore to protect. Then, then there's a problem, because yeah. you're right. It's a hundred percent. It's they're more worried about oh well, my constituents didn't complain. Yeah. So um, we, if if you have a fire in your belly over that, then you're probably in the right place. Um, you know, we we appreciate the conviction of everyone here. So um, you know, in the meantime, feel free to call your representative and be like, hey, are have have you signed off on this? Are you a part of it? And if not, why not? And you can do that in the meantime. But when when the time comes, like. We need a tidal wave of people like uh, John Field said that he was like 13 for 13 and getting legislation passed. So like this dude knows what the fuck to do. And it's crazy. Like John Stewart showed up and then all of a fucking sudden all the big media fucking outlets were there. But then when it was just me and fucking Rosie and, and Tim from Grunt Style, like there weren't fucking cameras there. Yeah. You know? when, all, when all the work was getting done behind the scenes and there wasn't anybody to be, you know, important in front of nothing's happening. Nobody knows shit about it. But once a celebrity shows up, once a 9-11 hero shows up, then everybody wants to be like, oh, I want to come take pictures and hang out with Jon Stewart. Yeah, which is funny because a lot of the mainstream media coverage didn't even list the organization. They just said, Jon Stewart calls out Congress because that's a fucking clickbait headline. But they didn't didn't actually link the organization or any of the people there or any of the fucking families that were there that lost service members. It was just like, oh, hey, like Jon fucking said like when they the the mega speaker came on behind us with all the other fucking politicians who you know couldn't be bothered to know that there were veterans dying over this issue he's like it's kabuki theater he's yeah he said this and that's one of the things i I also love about him is he goes up there to talk and it's it's zero bullshit with him he said you know what he goes this is just one more great big circle jerk the kabuki theater that's designed to distract and design and, and delay and push things out and and try to make you forget that this is a real thing. Yeah, because if and if if, if you need any more convincing why this is so urgent, the fact of the matter is is every day that this bill isn't passed, it becomes cheaper to fund, and that's because veterans are dying. The fact of the matter is is whether it was with the Agent Orange or you know any other things that you've seen like the cancer causing water in Camp Lejeune. You know, the, the 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 multitude of other fucking ailments that veterans have been suggest, uh, subjected to every day that this bill isn't funded, it gets cheaper because more vets who needed the health care are aren't around anymore. And Woof. like I, I didn't even think about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Like the, the longer we sit around on our fucking collective butts and and let this stand, the 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 cheaper it gets. But the 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 greater the price on America's fucking soul. Yeah, a thousand percent. So we'll we'll leave you with that note. 
if you um if you have ideas for our next two shows or if you want to be one of the people that we bring on the show to uh you know to to call in and stuff like that give us your thoughts you can shoot us an email at info at popsmokemedia.com we have our website popsmokemedia.com you can check out our social media channels i'm at uh popsmoke official with underscores in between on instagram aj i'm at the foxhole official at underscore and and there's underscores between and uh, we also have the smoke pit on instagram as well send us your thoughts send us your feedbacks Thank you so much for uh, sticking around. And as a, uh, a special thank you for that, we're listing all of the merchandise on our website for 30% off. Use a discount code SMOKEPIT to save money on that. We know you just guys got paid, uh, and we know you have bills to uh, take care of. But, you know, if you got a couple bucks laying around, we'd, we'd appreciate the support. Get that shirt so you look sexy for your lady. Wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. Bye. Bye.